0: Hello there. Welcome to another Life Transforming Sermon with Dr. Dazue Tachero. It's an amazing day. It's a wonderful day that God has given unto us. Amen. And I hope you're excited and I hope you're ready to pray and to seek His face. He's a good God. He's an amazing God. He's a wonderful God. And I know that today He's going to speak to you. Amen. So uh, let's get ready to go to the Word You know. It's good to see my bro here, Ben Tito. It's great to see you um, here. Philippians chapter 1, verse 14. We thank God for what Pastor Eunice shared yesterday. I want to just pick up from there so that we can move and we can keep going in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pick up from where she left. I'm going to read um, Philippians chapter 1, verse 14 to 18. That's where we're going to read from this morning. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident, by my chains are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed, and this is the phrase that I want us to really uh, dwell on today, some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretence or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. So the phrase that I want us to focus on um, today is this phrase right here where the Bible says that Some indeed preach Christ, even from strife and envy, and some also from goodwill. We are seeing here the motivation that spreads across the church, that spreads across the Christendom, that people do ministry out of various reasons. And today, by just looking at that statement, we're going to look at ways to do ministry how people do ministry, how people preach, how people minister, how people do the work of God. You see, not everybody in the ministry is doing the work of the ministry out of a pure motive. Not everyone that is preaching is preaching out of a pure motive. Not everybody that is in the church serving God is doing it out of a pure motive. Christ is preached, yes, and you can agree with me, Christ is preached on social media Christ is preached on radio. Christ is preached, you know, in different localities in our cities. We have buildings. We have halls. You know, we have tents. We have churches. We have different areas where Christ is preached. But you can agree with me that not um, not every person that is preaching Christ is doing it out of A good motive. We have so many people who are preaching Christ. Yes, we can hear that the name of Jesus is being mentioned. We can hear that the name of the Lord is being invoked. But at the heart of that activity, at the heart of what they um, purport to be doing for God, you know, the ambition is not right. And we're going to look at different ways to serve God in the ministry or different ways of doing ministry. And it's my prayer that we shall not be those who do ministry, you know, in a wrong way. We shall not be those who do the work of the ministry with a bad heart. We'll be among those who do ministry in the right way. So ways to do ministry from this phrase. Number one, with envy. Paul says, some indeed preach Christ from envy, even from envy. So you can do ministry number one with a lot of envy in your heart. Envy is a feeling of discontent or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or even uh, progress in life or even lack in life. You know, it's a feeling of discontent. It's something that rises within you. You know, it's resentfulness, you know, I know some a resentful rather, sorry, a resentful longing, you know, that is aroused by someone else's possession. There is a feeling you have when you look at someone else and you see their success, you see their qualities, you know, you see the blessings of God in their life and something rises within you because you're feeling like they should not be having what they're having. So you decide to do something to try and measure up. You decide to do sometimes what they're doing to try and also rise up, you know, and be like them. So Christ is being preached out of envy. There are people who sit around and they realize their friends are preaching, their friends are doing the work of the ministry, and they're successful. They have this, they have a car, they have a house, you know, they have prominence, they are traveling, and so something rises, you know, within them, and they decide that I want to do this so that I can also try and, you know, uh, measure up, you know, to the to the to 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 the success of my friend, to the success of my colleague, to the success, you know, of 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 my schoolmate. So so the motivation they have for ministry is not right. The motivation they have for ministry is envy. And there are people who are in the ministry because of envy. They are envious of other preachers' success. They are envious of other churches. They are envious of other churches' uh, influence in the society. And so their motivation, they are envious of other preachers who they know. They are their friends, they are their colleagues, they are schoolmates. And so they do ministry with a wrong ambition. the motive, their motive to preach Christ, their motive to be involved in the work of the ministry is wrong. Do you know that as a Christian, you can also be plagued with envy. As a Christian, you can be envious of your brother's success. You can be envious of your brother's possessions. You can be envious of your sister's, you know, progress in life. They, they, there can be envy in your heart, and you can carry that envy in the church. You can carry that envy in a department, you know. And if you're not careful, even in a department, you can demonstrate envy because you don't want to see someone else, you know, doing great or doing great things or doing well in the ministry. You can find a lot of envy in departments. If, if someone else is chosen to do something because you are envious of them, you don't support them. You want them to fail. You don't want them to succeed. You don't want them to move on. There can be envy between ministers. There can be envy between churches. There can be envy even in families, you know, where a brother is envious of his other brother who is doing very well, who is succeeding. And I have seen this happen over and over all around us. And the Bible gives us a reason for it. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And verse 4. The Bible says, again, I saw that for all toil and every skillful work, a man is envied by his neighbor. Look at that. I saw that for all toil and every skillful work, a man is envied by his neighbor. A neighbor can also envy you. You can also envy your neighbor. I mean, you look at your neighbor, the car is driving, the house is living in, the the, the clothes that he's wearing, the school that their children are going to, you know, and you can compare yourself with that person and become envious of what they have what they have they make you they make you have a very bad feeling the car he drives the the prominence that he has attained in life makes you feel bad the size of his house you know, can make you envious. The size of your neighbor's house can make you envious. You look at your house; your house is tiny. Your house, you know, is run down. The colors of your house are confused. I think you built that house before you were exposed, and now you go to your neighbor's house and see a modern house. You can be envious of your neighbor. So we have envy all around us. Success, the success of others, the prominence of others, the influence that others have, the progress that others. Have made in life can stir up envy in your heart. The promotion, the elevation, the appointment you know, of others, even in the church, you know. You know, someone can be appointed. He was your friend. You were in the same department. You know, you're serving God and they get appointment. It can make you envious, you know. There are people who leave churches because of envy. I mean, I was with this guy. We were serving together. In fact, I'm the one who brought him in the house of God. I'm the one who preached to him. And then the guy is appointed a pastor. You know, if you're not careful, envy will rise within you and you'll decide I'm not staying here. I cannot bring somebody in the church and they overtake me and they become a pastor and I have to call them Pastor, I can't. I can't live with that. And so they live. Mm-hmm. Look, many people leave churches for many reasons. You know, many people leave departments for many reasons. It's because of envy. People serve God motivated by envy. Look at how dangerous envy is. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 30. The Bible says, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. Envy will rot your bones, I am telling you. Envy will destroy your bones. Envy will make you start having arthritis as an adult." at a tender age. Envy will attack your bones. Your bones will become weaker and weaker every day. You will age prematurely. Your bones will become brittle. Your bones will begin to, you know, rot because of envy. We have... To purge ourselves of envy, we can't continue serving God out of envy. Our motivation should not be envy. Our preaching of Christ should not be envy. You know, our coming to church should not be motivated by envy. Our serving God should not be marinated with envy. We must clear our heart of any trace of envy. We must purge our hearts from any traces of envy. We must cleanse our soul. From from any form of envy. You must purify yourself from this green-eyed monster. It doesn't have to work in you. It doesn't have to operate in you. It doesn't have to make you feel bad concerning other people's success. You should be comfortable in your skin. You should be comfortable where God has placed you. You should be happy with the progress, with the blessings, with the level and with the status that God has allowed you to operate in and stop being envious of other people. Hmm? Even those pastors who are sharing here, if you're not careful, you can be envious. You can say, how comes me when I'm sharing? You know, the viewership is not that high. And when someone else is sharing, their viewership is very, very high. Be careful. Guard your heart. It can be envy. That is breeding. You know, in your heart. And if you don't deal with it, it's going to drive you nuts. It's going to introduce other very terrible things in your life. It's going to cause you to be sad, to be mad, to be angry. And it's going to disconnect you from serving God with all your heart. Next time they tell you, I want you to live where you say, I don't want it because you're offended. Your heart, your heart is broken and your bones are rotten because you're thinking, how comes they are favoring this more than me. They are favoring her more than me. They are favoring him more than me, how comes I was not given this position? How comes I was not the one who was called upon to pray? How come I was not the one who was called upon to lead worship? How comes I was I was not the one who was called, you know, to conclude the meeting? How comes I was not the one who had the highest viewership? Something is something begins to breed in you, something begins to grow in you. That thing is called envy. And if you don't deal with it, it's gonna destroy you. Yes, you will do ministry, yes, you will preach Christ, yes, you will lead, yes, you will do everything in the church. But let me tell you, at the base, at the foundation of everything that you're doing is envy. And God will never bless any service, any ministry that proceeds out of envy. God will not bless anything that is offered to him motivated by envy. So you have to get rid of it. You have to purge yourself. You have to cleanse yourself. You have no reason to be envious. You have to be free from envy. You have to be delivered from envy. You have to be set free from envy so that you may preach Christ with a pure heart in Jesus' name. This is a good word, I'm telling you. Number two, another way people serve God is strife is with strife. People serve God with strife. And this one is big. We see it in church. We see it in our departments. We see it in the ministry. People are serving God with a lot of strife. Strife is the act or a state of fighting or arguing violently. People are fighting in departments. I'm telling you, if God was just to take a video of how people are fighting in the church, people are fighting in departments, you will be so surprised. Let me tell you, it is another Gaza. Many churches is a typology of Gaza. Many ministries, many departments, many CMGs. I'm telling you, it's another picture of Gaza. Bombs are being dropped there day and night. People are fighting. Guns are being used. People have, you know, have have have, 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 have crude weapons in departments. There is arguing, there is infighting, there is a lot of, you know, strife. People are trying to outdo each other. Yet Christ is still being preached, I'm telling you. Yet singing is going on. Yet ushering is going on. Yet, you know... um doing outreach is going on yet all these things are going on but let me tell you the the bombs that are being dropped in those departments, you know the shootings that is taking place in those churches, the shouting the infighting you know, the competition trying to pull each each other down, I'm telling you, and in fact there are places where and there are ministries or churches where now they take it to the next level it is not silent war anymore now people fight physically We have seen fight infightings in churches where people come with machetes, come with crude weapons. There is bickering and people begin to fight literally fighting, you know, there, is, there are factions in the church. People come to church and they are divided. People come to church and they are not coming to worship God, but they are coming to fight physically. We've seen it over and over again. Recently we saw another one, you know, in the in, 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 a, in, a, in another church. I don't want to mention the name here. It was in the news. Until, until the police are involved, can you imagine, the police come to the church to cool down pastors. Aish! police come to the church to cool down shepherds the police come to church to cool down the women's leader the women's leader the women the women's leader is wearing you know the uniform you know and she is shouting and she has a she has a crude weapon in her hand and she wants to fight the church elder with a tie and a bible he has a weapon and the police has to cool down the church elder. The police, you know, is telling the and and sometimes even the police is not born again. He's even smelling of liquor, smelling of you know cigarette, and he's telling the pastor who or the leader or the elder who is supposed to be full of the Holy Spirit, please cool down, relax. Eh? Relax, you know. And he's trying to, you know, bring peace in this in this church that is full of violence and strife. And guys who purport to be serving God, guys who purport to be filled with the Holy Ghost, they are after each other. They go for each other's neck. And they are still serving God in fighting in the church. It is terrible. I am telling you. You see, there is strife in the church. There is strife in the ministry today. There is strife among pastors. There is strife among shepherds. There is strife among members of the church, and it's a terrible thing. James chapter three verse sixteen, the Bible says, "For where envy and strife is, there is confusion, and every good work. Where there is envy, where there is strife, where there is strife, brothers and sisters." There will always be confusion and the ministry will never move forward. We have seen in some cases where the church has to be closed to cool down people's emotions. Even in the court, I'm telling you, even in the court, when you start shouting and there is a lot of craziness. You saw the other day in the court, somebody, you know, attacked the judge. The judge adjourns the case. When emotions go up, you know, and there is shouting and there is no you know, control in the courtroom. The, the, the judge actually suspends the session for 15 minutes, for 20 minutes until people cool down. And so strife, you know, strife is in the church and everybody is up there. Their voices are up there. They're up in arms, ready for war. Oh, we have to pray against strife in the church. Don't serve God with strife. Don't serve God ready to argue. There are people who are always full of arguments. They argue with the leader. They argue with the pastor. They argue, you know, with anything they are told to do. They are always ready to argue. They are always ready to fight. They are always ready, you know, to bring down, to shoot down anything that is brought forward so that the ministry, so that the department can be able to move forward. It is strife, and strife will never make us move forward. Yet Jesus is preached, but people are full of strife. Now, there are three things at the heart of strife. I just uh, uh, picked three. Number one is pride. When you're proud, you cannot be corrected. People who are proud are the ones who stock pride. When you're proud, you can never be corrected. You know everything. You can never be instructed. You are too big. You cannot be led because you are not submitted to anyone. So pride, few else. Strife, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 28, verse 25, He who is of a proud heart stirs up strife. When you are proud, you can be corrected, you can be instructed, you can't be led, you can you are not submitted to any leadership. Let me tell you, you are a lighting rod for strife. I know of a lady who was so proud couldn't even submit to her husband, so proud couldn't submit. You know to the instructions of a pastor, so proud couldn't be led, and let me tell you, <laughs> she always brought strife where she was. When one has a proud li- a heart like Lucifer, he will always bring strife in the ministry. Number two is uncontrolled anger, yeah, these are the things that stalk pride in our lives and controlled anger. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 22, an angry man will stir up strife when you have uncontrolled anger. You know, your anger is so hot. You are a hot tempered man. You have a short fuse. You know, something small makes you blow up. You know, this kind of a person will always stir up strife. You see, we are The Bible says be angry but don't sin. Because the Bible says that when anger takes hold of you, when it becomes uncontrolled and it takes over you, I'm telling you, you are likely to sin. So anyone who has uncontrolled anger, let me tell you, he will start up strife. And you must control your anger. Brothers and sisters, everybody here, you have some degree of anger. You have to control it. Don't try to show us that you are the most angry person in the world. Come on. There's a movie I watch, I think, Angry Bad. Don't try and show everybody that your anger is on another level. Everybody has a degree of anger. And you must control your anger. It doesn't matter how angry you are. You have to control it. Because if you don't control it, it's going to start up strife wherever you are. You have to bring it down. You have to manage it. You have to control your anger. It serves us no good. It doesn't help us. It doesn't help your children when you break things in the house. It doesn't help Help your wife when you beat her and slap her and step on her and you're almost killing her. It doesn't help us. It doesn't help us when you shout at people, you know, you know, at the place of work and you call them, you call them despicable names, you tear them down. It doesn't help you have to control your anger. Hallelujah. Don't throw your anger around. Your yeah, animals are feeling your anger. You know, your cat is feeling the anger. Your goat is feeling the anger. You know, you know, the border guy is feeling your anger. The the conductor in the matatu is feeling your anger. You know, the people. At the road, they are feeling your rage. It doesn't serve us any good. Control it because you are bringing strife. You're bringing strife in your family. You're bringing strife in the church. We don't want strife in the church. Control it for heaven's sake. Another thing is sensual desires. These are three things that I've picked that start up, you know, strife. James chapter 4 verse 1, the Bible says, I'm reading it from the Amplified Version Classic. What leads to strife, discord, and feuds? And how do conflicts, quarrels, and infightings originate among you? Do they not arise from your sensual desires that are ever wearing in your bodily members? Sensual desires, in a nutshell, is carnality. When there is a lot of carnality in the church, you are likely to see strife. When people are not spiritual, when people are not walking with God, when people are full of sensual desires, evil desires, depraved desires, wicked desires, unholy desires. In other words, when they are carnal, they are not spiritual. I am telling you, they are walking in the flesh. You will see a lot of strife in the church. You see, the reason why we are fasting, we are fasting. We're not just fasting because we want more of God. We are fasting because we want God to have more of us. We want to submit ourselves to God. We want to give ourselves to God. We want God to work through us. We want God to change us. We want God to allow our spirituality to rise. That's why we are fasting. This is not punishment. This is humbling ourselves so that we don't express sensual desires, but we express the fruit of the Spirit. We want God to have more of us. We want God to possess us. We want God to refine us. We want to produce the character of God within us. That's why we are fasting. That's why we are humbling ourselves. Because let me tell you, if you don't fast, you'll be this believer who is full of sensual desires. You'll be full of carnality. And where there is carnality, you are likely to find strife. Look, examine where there is calamity, carnality. Whether it's in your department or is in the church. Just observe it. Just look at the people who are stirring up strife. Look at the people who are causing infighting. Look at the people who are bringing disunity and disloyalty and rebellion in the church. You are likely to find that these people are so canal. No, they don't fight, they don't fast. I have had these experiences with, for example, I'll give an example of pastors who have left me. And most of the time, when we are fasting, they are not fasting. Because I asked them, We fasted this year. You know, did you fast? And you can see, you know, they look down, they are ashamed, they cannot answer me. Why are you with us when we are praying? They look down, you know, they cannot answer me. It shows you that when you are carnal, and that's why I want to encourage you to fast. when you are carnal, you are likely to bring strife in the church. When you are carnal, you are likely to be rebellious to God's word and to God's established, you know, authority. When you are carnal, you are likely to rebel against your leader, even in your CMG or in your department. When you are carnal, you are likely to bring Strife in the church. And people who are carnal can never work with others in soberness, in unity, in calmness, and with the right desire. They will always bring strife. Hmm. I pray for you today. You will not be a carnal believer. The Bible says to be carnally minded is enmity to God. When you're carnally minded, even God becomes your enemy. The church becomes your enemy. Your leader becomes your enemy. Your brothers and your sisters become your enemy. The church becomes your enemy. You fight the church. You fight God. You fight the pastor. You fight the leader that God has established over your life. I pray that you will not be a carnal Christian in the name of Jesus. You will not be a sponsor of strife in that department. You will not be a sponsor of strife in the church in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Step down from that position. Become a spiritual believer. Fast and pray seek God, plug into God, become a spiritual leader, become a spiritual pastor, become a spiritual leader, become a spiritual shepherd, so that you may not stop strife in the church in the name of Jesus. Oh, this is good. This is powerful. So we must not serve God with strife. We must not do the work of the ministry with strife. We must not proclaim the name of Jesus with strife in our hearts, but with humility, with soberness, with calmness, with the right desire. Because strife will always destroy the church. Strife will always destroy families. Strife will always destroy, you know, even departments. You must be spiritual. Look, if you're a pastor and you're leading a church of carnal Christians, prepare for trouble. Prepare for trouble. That's why I'm calling for a fast every year. I want you to get rid of carnality. I want you to be a spiritual Christian. I want you to be a spiritual shepherd. I want you to be a spiritual pastor. This is war, my friend. This is war. Strife strife destroys a church. You can build a ministry for years and it will take strife to destroy it. You can build a department for years and it will take a single moment of strife to destroy. That's why we must be spiritual. And I pray for you this morning before I move to the next point, I pray for you this morning, you will not be a carnal believer. I pray for you this morning, you will not be a sponsor of strife strife in the church through pride, through uh, and and through carnality in the name of Jesus. You will not be a sponsor of strife in the church through sensual desires in the name of Jesus. You will not be an agent of strife in the church in the name of Jesus. You will be a spiritual believer committed to God. You'll be a spiritual believer who is a worshipper of God. You'll be a spiritual believer who follows God's word, who is committed to God, who is loyal to God and loyal to the church that God has planted you in and loyal in the position that God has placed you in. You be loyal to your shepherd. You'll be loyal. You'll be loyal to your leader. You'll be loyal to your pastor. In the name of Jesus, you will not be a carnal Christian. We refuse to be carnal. We refuse carnality in COT. We refuse carnality in our campuses. We refuse carnality in our CMGs. We refuse carnality. It will not operate in our departments. In the name of Jesus, may there be spirituality. I prophesy spirituality. I proclaim spirituality. I proclaim... And declare spirituality over my pastors, over my campus pastors, over my shepherds, over my leaders, over every member of COT in the name of Jesus. I proclaim, I proclaim spirituality over the youth, over the TYC, over the teens, over the children's church. I speak it from the top to the bottom in the name of Jesus. I speak spirituality. I speak spirituality. I speak the fear of God. I speak humility. I speak soberness. I speak I speak loyalty from the top to the bottom in the name of Jesus. You will be a spiritual believer. You will be a spiritual pastor. You will be a spiritual shepherd. And you will be a spiritual Christian in the name of Jesus. This is powerful. Number three. Remember number one, ways of serving God. Number one is with envy. Number two is with strife. And number three is goodwill. The Bible here says, some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains. Their motive is wrong, but the latter, which is the latter? The goodwill is out of love, knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. It is out of love. So serving with goodwill, it is out of love. Love is the foundation of the ministry. Love is the foundation. You are serving out of love. And let me tell you, COT members, let me tell you, every believer, every Christian who is here who belongs to another church, love should be the motivation behind your service. You should serve out of love. You love God, you love the church, you love the pastor. You should serve out of love. You love God, you love the church, you love the pastor, and you love your fellow Christians, your fellow brothers and sisters that you're working within the church. The foundation must be love. I want to repeat that because that's a powerful statement. You must love. You must serve out of love. Goodwill. When you serve with goodwill, it simply means you are serving with the foundation of love in your heart. You love God. That's why you're serving. You love the pastor. That's why you're serving under him. You love the church. That's why you're serving in that church. You love your brothers and your sisters. That's why you're serving with them. You are serving with them because you love them. you Serve. You are serving in the church because you love the church. You are serving under the pastor because you love the pastor. You are serving God because you love God with all your heart. The foundation must be love. So when we serve with goodwill, we are serving out of love. It is the right motivation, it is the right ambition. You know, you know, we are preaching out of love. We are serving out of love. This is powerful. Ministry, the 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 the, the motive of ministry must be. Love. The foundation of ministry must be love. The moment you stop serving God, you will not serve. Sorry. The moment you stop loving God, you will not serve. The moment you stop loving the pastor, you will not serve under him. The moment you stop loving the church, you will not even remain in that church. You will leave that church. The moment you stop loving your brothers and sisters that you are working with, let me tell you, you will bolt out. You will ship out. Love will always dispel envy. Dispel envy. Love will always dispel you know um, strife. Love will always dispel misconception fear, suspicion, hypocrisy, disloyalty, and all these bad things that we see that come into the ministry to destroy the ministry. Love is the foundation of commitment. When you love someone, you're committed to him. When you love God, you'll be committed to him. When you love your pastor, you will be committed to your pastor. When you love the church, you'll be committed to the church. When you love your brothers and your sisters, you'll be committed to them. Love is the foundation of commitment. I need to say that again. This is very powerful. It's hitting me differently. Love is the foundation of commitment. Anything that you truly love, anything that you truly and genuinely love, you will commit yourself to it. So when your love dies, when your love becomes lukewarm, your commitment also will be affected. Love is the foundation of any commitment you have. You love God, you'll be committed to Him. You love the church, you'll be committed to the church. You love the pastor, you'll be committed to the pastor. You love other Christians that you're working with, you will be committed to them. Look at what the Bible says, John chapter 15 verse 13. Greater love has no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friend. Jesus loved. No wonder he committed himself. He committed himself to his friends. He committed himself to us to a point of dying. That was the highest level of commitment demonstrated by love. For God so loved the world That he gave his only begotten son. You can see that where love is, where genuine love is, commitment follows. Where genuine love is displayed, the next thing that you see is solid commitment. Commitment that cannot waver. Commitment that cannot be challenged. Commitment that can never be quenched. Where you see solid love, you see a lot of commitment. Many believers say, oh, I love, I love, I love, but you don't see commitment. Real love produces commitment. Genuine love produces commitment. When you say you love someone and you truly love them from your heart and you truly love them, with everything that you have, you will commit yourself to that person. I'm not talking about lust. I'm not talking about just liking. When you truly love someone the way God loved us, the next thing that will flow out of your life is commitment. When you love God, you'll be committed to Him. When you love the pastor, you'll be committed to the pastor. When you love the church, you'll be committed to the church. When you love your brothers and your sisters, you will be committed to them. You will find that you're serving God with a lot of commitment because the foundation of your service is love. Glory to God. I love it. Mm, Do you know, one of the problems we're going to have in the last days is what Jesus said when he prophesied in Matthew chapter 24 verse 12. He says, in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. And we are living in the last days. These are the days we are living in. It's the last days, I'm telling you. And the love of many will grow cold. People leave you People lessen their commitment to you because their love has grown cold. People leave the church because their love for the church has grown cold. People leave a pastor because their love for that pastor has grown cold. People leave God because their love for God has grown cold. You know, there are many people who say, I love you. I love you. I will never leave you. I love you. I love this church. I will die in this church. But you see, it's not serious. It's not, it's not from their heart. If you really love And you see, we don't love because things are good. We don't love because, you know, things are working out. You have a breakthrough. You love this person because this person is always good. When you love is a commitment. When you love is a commitment that you have made. No matter the disposition of this person, you are committed to this person. No matter what happens, you are committed to this person. When you love someone, you're not loving someone because they're perfect. You're loving someone because after love, there is commitment. You're going to commit yourself to this person. And there are many times that this person will not Really be nice to you. There are many times this person will not really be courteous to you, but because of the love you have for this person, what follows is commitment, and you commit yourself to them wholeheartedly. But many people is lip service. Oh, I love this, I love city of transformation. Oh, Pasi, you know, I really love you. You are. I've never met a pastor like you. Oh, Pasi, I really love you. I'm telling you from my heart. But when a test comes. It reveals that their love was never genuine. It reveals that their love was not authentic. Because your love has to be tested. How will you know your love is authentic if you don't subject it to a test? How will you know that your love for the church is authentic if you don't go through a test? And there will be tests to test your love. There will be tests that you will go through. There will be moments that you go through to test the, the authenticity of your love. That's why you see some people say, I used to love this church but they this they did this to me. They, the church did this to me. I, I am hurting because of the church, it was a test, and you failed. It was a test to reveal the quality of your love, and you failed. Have you met somebody who tells you, "Know, I used to go to church, but I stopped going to church. The church hurt me. Mm? I was hurt in the church." My heart was broken in the church. And so I stopped going to church. And this is a church that they used to say, I love this church. I will stay in this church. I'll be buried in this church. I'll get married in this church. I'll get children in this church. And I'll be buried in this church. Have you heard such phrases? And then after some, while, you didn't come to church? When you ask them, why are you not coming to church? Oh, the church hurt me. It was a test and you failed. Anytime you confess and profess love towards an object, there will be a test that will come. Oh, I sleep because God disappointed me. I was praying for this job. I was praying for this breakthrough. And then I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I fasted and I prayed and I fasted and I sold my seeds and I gave my offerings and I gave my tithes and I served and I served and God did not answer me. So I'm heartbroken. I'm confused. It was a test of love and you failed. And many believers are failing the test of love. I pray that you will not fail the test of love in the name of Jesus. You will not fail it. When it comes, you will not fail it. Hallelujah. I've, I've had people tell me things. I'm telling you, Pasi, I love you. Pasi, you my, Pasi, Pasi, Pasi. Hey! Believers can tell you things. And they are the very people, when they first, the test of love, they fail. They fail. that's why we have divorces because people are failing the test of love that's why we have all these separations that are taking place because people are failing the test of love that's why we have all these you know uh this rebellion and disloyalty left, right, and center because people are failing the test of love. I pray that you will not fail the test of love. Your love will not be shallow. Your love for God will not be shallow. You will serve with goodwill. The goodwill that you're going to demonstrate is love. You will love God. You will love your pastor. You will love other fellow Christians. You will love the church. Oh yes, that's the goodwill. I want to pray for you this morning that you will have as you serve God you will serve God with this goodwill which goodwill is this is the goodwill of love that you will love consistently 20 years from now will you still be loving God? 30 years from now will you still be loving your church? 40 years from now you will still you will you still be loving your pastor? It is a question. 40 years from now if your love is not still there then I will know that you are not genuine. If your love is not there 20 years from now I will know you are not genuine. Come on somebody love is commitment we got to pray. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the last scriptures, then we pray. Verse 1 to 8. The Bible says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have no love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have no love, I am nothing. If you can prophesy no love, you are nothing can speak in tongues of angels. No love, you're nothing. Hmm? And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have no love, it profits me nothing. Even if I'm philanthropic and I have no love, it benefits me nothing. Then the Bible begins to say, look at this. Love suffers long. There is suffering, but love is still there. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoke. thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, bad things, difficult things, frustrating things. Oh, love believes all things. I believe in God. I believe in my church. I believe in my pastor. I believe what he's telling me is the truth. Love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Oh, things are tough, but because of love, we shall endure this together. Oh, yes. God, I'm going through a rough patch in life, but because I love you, I will endure because I know that you are in charge of my life. Then the Bible says, love never fails. Whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will fire, fall away, but it will vanish away. But Love never fails. When you do ministry on the basis of love, you can never quit. Love never fails. When you really love a church and you serve in that church on the basis of love, you will never quit. Love never fails. Oh, when you profess your love towards someone, even if you're going through a rough patch, you will not quit. Love never fails. Why are you failing us? I'm speaking to somebody here. Why are you failing? us? Why are you giving on up on us? Why are you giving up on God? Why are you giving up, you know, on the church? Why are you leaving us? Why are you, why have you decided to stop serving? Why are you leaving us? Why are you failing us? Do you really love us genuinely? Do you really love God genuinely? Do you really love the church genuinely? I want to challenge you this morning. Fight for love. It is a war. It is a fight. And you must win this fight. Fight for love, fight for this goodwill, fight for love, love God, love the church, love the pastor, love your brothers and your sisters. You can't allow yourself to be cold. You can't allow yourself to be lukewarm. Fight for love because love never fails. Let's get to a place of prayer right about now in the name of Jesus. Oh, prayer points. Number one, I want you to pray. We're going to consecrate ourselves this morning for the next few minutes. Hallelujah. We're going to consecrate ourselves this morning in the name of Jesus. We want to serve God with goodwill. So the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to consecrate ourselves from envy. I want you to raise your voice and begin to consecrate yourself from any form of envy. Purge yourself from envy and reverse the effects of envy in your bones in the name of Jesus. Plead for mercy. Oh, yes. Ask God to consecrate your heart from any form of envy in your heart in the name of Jesus. Everybody raise your voice. This is a very powerful prayer you're making this morning. And I'm glad you're alone, so nobody will hear this prayer. Hide your heart from envy right now in the name of Jesus. Cleanse your heart from any form of envy this morning in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Father, I pray this morning. That may we be purged, may we be consecrated from envy in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, that purify my heart from envy, wash my heart, cleanse my heart from any trace of envy in the name of Jesus. I will not be envious of others, I will not be envious of other churches, I will not be envious of other preachers, I will not be envious of other preachers and other pastors in the name of Jesus. I will not, oh God, harbor envy, the green-eyed monster in my life and in my heart in the name of Jesus. I pray. I pray pray for the cleansing power of your blood to wash me clean, to purify me. Oh, yes, from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I pray, oh God, that may you cleanse me. I pray, oh God, that may you purify me. I pray, oh God, that may you wash me clean this morning in the name of Jesus. That envy will not be part of my life in the name of Jesus. I pray, Jehovah God, that I will not serve with envy. I will not minister with envy. I will not preach Christ with envy. In the name of Jesus, I will not, oh God, be involved in the work of the ministry with envy in my heart. The motivation of doing ministry, the motivation of preaching, the motivation of serving will not be based on envy in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, that may be may I be clean, may I be purified, may I be cleansed from any form, from any trace of envy in my heart and in my life. In the name of Jesus, Father, I plead the I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus to wash me clean from any form of envy in the name of Jesus. I want you to pray for consecration, that God may consecrate you even this morning from any form of envy in your heart and in your life. In the name of Jesus, that you may be purified from this terrible spirit. You may be purified from this terrible, um, for this, from this terrible, diabolic spirit. In the name of Jesus, Father, let your blood cleanse us. Let your blood purify us. Let your blood wash us clean this morning from any form of envy in the name of Jesus. We shall not be envious of our brothers and our sisters when they do well. We shall not be envious of our brothers and our sisters when they go up, when they are promoted, when they are elevated in the name of Jesus. We shall not be envious of our leaders in our departments. We shall not be envious of our colleagues who are being promoted oh yes, right before our eyes. In the name of Jesus, we shall not be envious of those that God is lifting, of those that God is blessing, of those that God is promoting in our midst. In the name of Jesus, we shall not be envious of those who have been appointed to be leaders in our midst, in the church, in our departments, in the name of Jesus. In fact, Lord, I pray that we shall celebrate with others when they go up. We shall celebrate with others when they are blessed. We shall celebrate with others when they are promoted in the name of Jesus, we shall celebrate with others when they experience milestones, great milestones in their lives in the name of Jesus. We shall celebrate with others as they preach Christ, as they declare the name of Jesus, and they're experiencing great results. We shall celebrate with them in the name of Jesus. We shall not be envious of our neighbors, we shall not be envious of our colleagues, we shall not be envious of our friends. Jehovah God, in the name of Jesus, purge us from this spirit, purge us from this feeling, cleanse us from this feeling. It will not breed in us, it will not grow in us, it will not, oh God, start affecting even those who are around us in any way. In the name of Jesus. I pray for consecration. Come on, pray for consecration this morning. Pray for consecration that God may consecrate you, that God may patch you, that God may cleanse you from this terrible, 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 terrible feeling, terrible, terrible emotion in the name of Jesus. May God purify you from this terrible emotion in the name of Jesus. I decree that you're free from envy. I decree that you're being set free from envy. Even as you pray right now in the name of Jesus. May God deliver you from envy, Even as you're praying right now In the name of Jesus May God set you free From this terrible emotion uh, As you pray right now In the name of Jesus uh, May God deliver you from the shackles of envy In the name of Jesus uh, You will not serve motivated with envy You will not preach Christ Motivated with envy Envy. You will not do the work of the ministry Motivated by envy In the name of Jesus uh, Let there be a consecration Let there be purification uh, This morning in the name of Jesus. May you be purified. May you be consecrated. May you be cleansed from this emotion in the name of Jesus. May your heart, may your soul be cleansed from this emotion in the name of Jesus. Secondly, I want you to pray against strife. I want you to pray in the name of Jesus (coughs) that you will not be an agent of strife in the name of Jesus. This is very powerful as well i want you to pray that you will not sponsor strife in the church in your department in your family at the place of work you will not be a champion of strife. You will not be an agent of strife in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and begin to pray right now that you will not sponsor strife in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. We pray, oh God, that we shall not be agents of strife where you have placed us, where you have positioned us, in the name of Jesus. You have planted us in a family. You have planted us in a CMG. You have planted us in a department. You have planted us in the church. You have planted us in the marketplace. I pray that none of us will be a sponsor of strife in the name of Jesus. We shall not stalk strife. We shall not trigger strife. We shall not bring in fightings and disagreements, violence and bickering where you have placed us in the name of Jesus. We shall not be the cause of disunity. We shall not be the cause of rebellion. We shall not be the cause of division in the name of Jesus. We shall not sponsor faction to fight the vision, to fight the leaders that you have placed over our lives. In the name of Jesus, we shall not cause division in the church to destroy the church, to split the church. In the name of Jesus, we shall not be agents of splits. We shall not be agents of factions. We shall not be agents of disagreements. We shall not be agents who are sponsoring arguments and bickering. In the church, in the name of Jesus, we shall not be spon- of rebellion. We shall not be sponsors of splits in the church. We shall not divide the ministry. In the name of Jesus, I pray Jehovah God that we shall not walk in carnality. We shall not be carnal Christians sponsoring strife. In the name of Jesus, we shall not have a pride in our hearts, in our bosom, to sponsor strife in the church. In the name of Jesus, we shall not have, oh God, carnality. We shall not be carnal Christians. We shall not walk in carnality to sponsor strife within the church. In the name of Jesus, Jehovah God, I pray today that we shall not be agents of strife. We shall not cause division. We shall not bring division. We shall not destroy our organizations. We shall not destroy our companies. We shall not destroy our departments. We shall not destroy our small groups. We shall not destroy our churches. In the name of Jesus, I pray today that we shall of peace. We shall bring unity. We shall bring harmony in the name of Jesus. I pray that we shall become spiritual Christians. We shall become spiritual shepherds. We shall become spiritual leaders in the name of Jesus. I pray, O oh God, that our hearts will be changed. We shall become spiritual. We shall become prayerful. We shall love Bible study. We shall love worship. I pray, O oh God, that none of us will leave room for carnality in our minds, in our hearts in any way in the name of Jesus. We shall not entertain the works of the flesh, but we shall produce the fruit of the spirit in the name of Jesus. Come on, raise your voice wherever you are and pray. I need to hear you in the spirit. We are consecrating ourselves. We shall not walk in in, in, proud, in pride in the name of Jesus. We shall not entertain pride in our hearts. We shall not be proud believers sponsoring strife in our departments and in our churches in the name of Jesus, we shall not be Campuses that are sponsoring strife within the denomination in the name of Jesus, we shall not be campus pastors sponsoring strife within the denomination in the name of Jesus. We shall not be campus leaders, campus shepherds sponsoring strife in our campus churches in the name of Jesus. We shall not be. Uh, we shall not be carnal Christians sponsoring sponsoring. Strife in our churches in different localities in the name of Jesus. I pray that canality, canality will not be mentioned in our lives. Canality will not be mentioned in our churches. Canality will not be mentioned in our groups, in our family setups. In the name of Jesus, I pray for spirituality to flow like a mighty river. I pray for spirituality to flow like a wave, like 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 a high Hurricane. I pray for spirituality to flow from the top to the bottom of the ministry. In the name of Jesus, may spirituality infiltrate our leadership structure. May spirituality infiltrate our departments, our our, our shepherds. And in every corner of the ministry, in the name of Jesus, we pray that we shall be spiritual. We shall be spiritual. No more carnality. No more carnality. I pray for you today that you'll be a spiritual believer. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you today that you'll be a spiritual shepherd in the name of Jesus. I pray for you today, you'll be a spiritual pastor. You'll be a spiritual reverend in the name of Jesus. I pray for you today that you'll be a spiritual compass in Jesus' name. Every church I mention you right now, I decree that you'll be a spiritual church connected, oh yes, loyal, flowing. Yes, in the name of Jesus uh, with the leadership uh, of the church, uh, the overall leadership uh, of the church in the name of Jesus. Uh, I pray for spirituality in COT Umoja. In the name of Jesus, there will be no carnality in City of Transformation Umoja. I pray for spirituality in COT Mbakasi. There will be no carnality. There will be no pride. In, there will be no envy. There will be no strife in the name of Jesus. Uh, I pray for COT Mlolongo. I pray, oh God, there will be no canality, there will be spirituality from the top to the bottom in the name of Jesus. I pray for C.O.T. Makindu, there will be spirituality in the name of Jesus. No strife or no envy, but goodwill, love in the name of Jesus will be demonstrated through that compass in the name of Jesus. I pray for C.O.T. Ruai. Oh, yes, in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, there will be no canality but spirituality in C.O.T. Ruai in the name of Jesus. Jesus. I pray for C-O-T-C-O-K-I-M-A-U. There will be no carnality in the name of Jesus. At every level in our campuses, in this ministry, C-O-T church, there will be spirituality. Our leaders will be spiritual. The believers will be spiritual. The shepherds will be spiritual. Our young people will be spiritual. Our teenagers will be spiritual. The children's church will be spiritual. Our pastors and our reverends will be spiritual. In the name of Jesus, I pray oh God for spirituality to flow like a mighty river in the name of Jesus in every compass, in every church, in every leadership structure, in every corner of this ministry, at every level, in the name of Jesus no more carnality, no more pride, no more uncontrolled anger in the name of Jesus, no strife in Jesus name and I want you now to pray for goodwill we will serve with goodwill, pray for love, love will flow love will be seen, will be felt. We will love God. We will love our pastors. We will love the church. We will love our fellow believers. In the name of Jesus, our foundation of ministry, our foundation of serving God will be love. That will be, that will be the goodwill. That will be the thread that will run across this ministry. In the name of Jesus, the thread of love will run across this ministry. In the name of Jesus, we will love one another genuinely. We will love our members genuinely. We will love our pastors genuinely. We will love the church genuinely. We will love God genuinely. We will love the ministry genuinely. In the name of Jesus, pray that you will love with all your heart. In the name of Jesus, pray that you will demonstrate this goodwill. You will serve God with goodwill. You will serve God with love, not out of a selfish ambition, not out of coercion, not out of pride, not out of uncontrolled anger, not out of carnality, but out of love. In the name of Jesus, your love will not grow cold. Your love will not grow cold. You will not become lukewarm in any way when it comes to love. In the name of Jesus, come on, someone fight for love this morning. In your prayer, fight for love this morning. In your prayer, in the name of Jesus, fight for it. Declare it. It is coming back. It is coming back. You will not be lukewarm. It is coming back. You will not serve with lukewarmness. You will not serve with hatred in your heart. You will not serve with contempt in your heart. In the name of Jesus, the foundation will be love. You will minister out of love. You will love God. You will love the pastors. You will love the church. You will love your fellow believers. In the name of Jesus, let love drive you. Let love drive you. Let love motivate you. Let love be the foundation of your service to God in the name of Jesus. Yes, are you praying somebody? Are you praying? Are you praying? Raise your voice and pray. It will, it will be love. 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 I will lead out of love. I will preach out of love. I will minister out of love. I will lead out of love. I will serve out of love. In the name of Jesus, I will give out of love. I will do what I need to do in the church and in the ministry out of Love. I will preach Christ out of love in the name of Jesus. No other motivation, no other motive, no other reason. I will do it out of love. Christ will be preached through me out of love. Christ will be exalted through me out of love. I will do the work of the ministry out of love. I will lead a compass, compass out of love. I will become a leader of a CMG out of love. I will give my tithe and my offerings out of love in the name of Jesus. Oh yes. Oh yes. The foundation. The foundation will be love. For a minute I want you to fight for love. I want you to rebuke every form of lukewarmness. I want you to rebuke every form of hatred and contempt that is trying to breed in your heart. There is someone here. Contempt is trying to breed in your heart. I want you to fight it right now. I can see it in the spirit, in the name of Jesus. Fight it right now. Contempt, contempt, contempt. Fight it right now. And I want you to fight for love. Fight for love. Speak love. Declare love in your heart, in your spirit, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Oh, yes, fight that lukewarmness. Fight it right now. You are not as hot as you used to. You are not as excited as you used to. You are not as loving as you used to. You are not as passionate as you used to. I want you to fight that lukewarmness. That emotion of lukewarmness right now. In the name of Jesus. You are not as passionate as you were. You are not as loving as you were. You are not as committed as you were. Oh, your love is grown cold. Your love has become lukewarm. I want you to fight for love right now. You can't give up on us. You can't give up on the church. You can't give up on the vision that God has given unto us. And you cannot give up on God. You cannot give up on me as your pastor. Fight for that love right now. In the name of Jesus. Oh, fight that lukewarmness. Fight it right now. Fight that contempt. In the name of Jesus. Break it. Pad yourself out of it. Pad yourself. Pad your heart. You know, right now, of that lukewarmness. In the name of Jesus. Bring back the excitement. Bring back the passion. Bring back the commitment in the name of Jesus. Bring back the zeal. Bring it back right now. Bring it back right now through your prayer in the name of Jesus. Oh yes, the love is fizzling. The love is growing cold, but you have to fight it. I thank God you're in this meeting today. God has arrested you. I want you to fight for that love to come back. I want you to fight for that passion to come back. I want you to fight for that commitment to come back. The commitment was going down because your love was growing cold. The commitment was going down because you are becoming lukewarm, but not anymore in the name of Jesus. Fight for love. Fight for love, right Fight for love right now. Fight for love right now. Fight for love right now. Eject every form of lukewarmness from your heart, from your soul. In the name of Jesus, you can't give up on the church. You can't give up on the vision. You can't give up on God. You can't give up on your pastor. You can't give up on your. Fellow of believers. We are counting on you. We need you. We desire that you be with us. We want you around. We need to see you in the church. We need to serve God with you. We need to see you build the church with us. We need to see you rally around the vision with us that we may see the vision of God being fulfilled. You can't give up on us. We refuse. You can't throw in the towel. We refuse. In the name of Jesus, as you're praying, we are even interceding with you. We stand in the gap and we declare you will not go down. Your love will not grow cold. In the name of Jesus, you will not ship out. You will not bolt out. We arrest you in the spirit. In the name of Jesus, rekindle that love right now. Rekindle that love right now. Rekindle that love right now. The love you had for God. The love you had for your pastor. The love you had for the church. And the love you had for your fellow believers. That you may serve God with commitment. In the name of Jesus, I pray for someone here right now I pray for you your love was growing cold you were becoming lukewarm but I pray that let there be a rekindling of that love in your heart and in your spirit in the name of Jesus and i proclaim you will not give up on the vision you will not give up on the church you will not give up on the pastor in the name of Jesus you will fight to stay you will fight to love oh yes it's a fight my brothers and my sisters it is war my brothers and my sisters it is a fight you will fight to stay there are people who are watching me right now because of lukewarmness it took you away from the church we reach out to you in the spirit We call you back in the name of Jesus. We reach out in the spirit and we speak you back right now in the name of Jesus. May love bring you back. May love bring you back. May love bring you back. I prophesy. I send love where you are. In that hole you are in. In that mess you are in. In that broken state you are in. In that place of contempt that you are in. I pray that may love fetch you out of that hole. And may love bring you back in the name of Jesus. May love draw you back. May love bring you back. May love draw you back to the church in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. I bless your name, O God. May love find you. May love fetch you. May love find you. May love bring you. May love fetch you. May love find you. May love bring you in the name of Jesus. Bring you back to church in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter how hard you are. It doesn't matter how broken you are. It doesn't matter how disappointed you are. This is a new year. The year 2024, love is bringing you back. The year 2024, love is winning you, Burke, in the name of Jesus. The year 2024, love is fighting for you. As you're fighting for love, love is also fighting for you. That is the goodwill. That is the goodwill that we need to have when we are serving God. I pray, oh God, for you this morning. My goodness. I pray for you this morning that you will have this goodwill with you. You will serve God out of love. The foundation you have to serve God will be love. The foundation to serve under a pastor will be love. The the foundation to serve in a church will be love. The foundation to serve with other believers will be love. In the name of Jesus, I give you glory, Lord, and I give you praise. For it is in Jesus' name we pray, and we all shout a big amen. Amen. Glory to God. Oh my goodness, I feel blessed. I feel anointed. Pastor Lillian, it's great to see you. We are praying for COT in Uganda. In Uganda. Father, we pray that you give us a place in Uganda. We have a vision to plant City of Transformation Church in Uganda. Pray for Pastor Anthony. I pray for Pastor Lillian. I pray, Lord, give us goodwill in Uganda. Give us a place in Uganda. Give us a hall. Give us people in Uganda that COT, Uganda, may be planted. Oh, Lord, may love win. We pray, oh God, that as we take the love of God to Uganda, lives will be changed. Lives will be transformed. Father, grant us favor in Uganda, in Kampala, Uganda. I prophesy that COT, City of Transformation Church, Kampala, Uganda, will be opened in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, make it happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Are you saying amen? I see myself going to open that church in Uganda. In Jesus' name. Mm, I hope you'll go with me. Pastor Lillian, Pastor Anthony, we miss you. We love you. We are praying for you. And we know that it's going to happen. God has given us goodwill. We're going to serve him with goodwill. And I know that he has given us a place in Uganda. In the name of Jesus. And by the way, we have opened a page. I want you to like it. I wanted to recommend to your friends who are in Uganda, go to Facebook. I believe you also have a page on YouTube. We have Open City of Transformation, Kampala, Uganda. Just search for the page on Facebook and on YouTube. And let's try to engage. Let's create some traction. Invite your friends who are in Uganda and tell them, hey, there's this new thing that is coming up. And I know that very soon we shall be there in Jesus' name. Guys, let's love. If you are here and your love was growing cold, you're becoming lukewarm, I want to challenge you, let's love. Let's love God. Let's love God. Let's love our pastor. Let's love the church. And let's love one another. Let love come back. Let love come back. That's my prayer for you. Let love come back. Hmm? Some of us, we were growing cold, as Jesus said, in the last days. Let love come back. That's the goodwill that we need to serve God with. That's what Paul was talking about. The goodwill that we need to serve God with. Not with envy. Not with strife. But with goodwill. This is sincere love. And I pray that we shall be custodians of this love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazo on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.